Well, the theme for today is uh, A Surprising God, and um, I'm sure you remember seeing a few of these before. This is part four. We're up to part four now, so um, we've got something in store for you. I was going to do an interview, as mentioned before. Uh, Perry's going to say something for us. So I hope you're all blessed by that, and there's a couple of Bible readings. Um, the first one is Mark, Mark 3, uh, verses 33 to 34. Now, chapter 3 starts off... Uh, just to give a bit of context, chapter 3 starts off with uh, Jesus healing on the Sabbath. And, you know, that's, that's a no-no, so the Pharisees weren't happy about that. And so he, he started doing some things that are a bit controversial. But, of course, you know, Jesus sees uh, past the, the rules and the regulations and he sees a much bigger picture than we see. And it's funny how sometimes you read these verses and you realise that even his parents and his family probably didn't quite see the bigger picture at the time. So I'm going to take it... I, I apologise, but I'm going to take it from 31, um, just to give you a bit more context. This is So from 31 it goes, uh, it's talking about the true family of Jesus. It says, Then Jesus' mother and brothers came to see him. They stood outside and sent word for him to come out and talk to them. There was a crowd sitting around Jesus and someone said, Hey, your mother and your brothers are outside asking for you. And Jesus replied, and this is 33 to 34 now, Jesus replied, Who is my mother? And who are my brothers? Then he looked at those around him and he said, Look, these are my mothers and brothers. And I'm going to tack on 35 as well. Which also says, Anyone who does God's will is my brother and sister and mother. And I think that is uh, also very important. Um, because, as I said, Jesus sees a bigger picture. Um, I often think, personally, uh, it's, uh, Christianity is Christianity. It's not about... It's not about what denomination we are. Um, it's not about all the little differences that we get caught up on because the point is always the same. It should be the same for everyone. Christianity is Christianity. Um, and what's in your heart is what's important. And I think, and I think part of that is, uh, is what uh, Jesus is saying here. He knows what's in our hearts. And it's that that is very important. Not so much the rules and the regulations. It's about what we believe. Uh, the second reading... Uh, is from Matthew 13, 31 to 33. You should know this one. It's the uh, parable of the mustard seed. Uh, it starts at 31. It says, Here's another illustration that Jesus used. The kingdom of heaven is like a mustard seed planted in a field. It's the smallest of all seeds, but it becomes the largest of garden plants. It grows into a tree and birds come and make nests in its branches. It also goes on to... 33, which is the parable of the yeast. Jesus also uses this illustration. The kingdom of heaven is like the yeast a woman used in making bread. Even though she only put a little bit of yeast in, three measures of flour, it permeated every part of the dough. And I think that um, speaks for itself. But, um, yeah, I hope that you think of these words as Perry talks today. Uh, I'm going to pass over to Merv. Thank you, Jeff. Good morning, everybody. For those that don't know me, I'm Merv Tilly, and that means nothing. Um, <laughs> I just happen to have the job of doing the interview. I'd invite Perry up. Um, Perry is been, has been a member here for many years, um, and a lot of you probably don't know a lot about him, but you can see by his attire, he has a story to tell. Um, and just out, right? he's just, <laughs> there we go.
All right. So before we start asking him questions and hearing his story, let's pray. The Father God, we thank you for Perry. We thank you for this opportunity to come together to hear your word. And Lord, you, um, you do surprise us. You surprise us with the directions. You take our lives. And you, you're going to keep surprising us if we are open to your word. So as uh, Perry shares this morning, we ask that your Holy Spirit would be on him and on us, on him as he speaks, that the words he speaks would be powerful and on us that we would have open hearts and minds to receive those words. And we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. So, Perry, welcome. Thanks, Bert. Can you, we'll start off right from the top. We've got a list of questions here we may or may not get through. We'll see how time goes. We won't go too long. We, well, we will go too long. We always do. But anyway, um, so can you tell us a little about your faith history, your journey, what, and what influences bring you to this point where today you are standing here or sitting here uh, going to give your testimony of faith? In... Um, I can, but even before I do that move, I'll just take over, if you don't mind. Um, and so, basically, this is, although it's my story, um, it's really just a story how that's really how God's used me in various ways. And so it's not an ego trip, it's not me bragging about what I've done and what I've planned to do. Um, it's just really the fortune that I've had, the good fortune, um, some of it not so good, but just really sharing about um, what I've been able to do. And, and obviously Vern spoke about his, his beauty as well. That's one thing that I'll talk about a little bit later as well. But um, I'm just blessed to be able to do this and to be physically able to do some of the things I'm going to share. Back to Mer's first question. Faith, um, <laughs> Before that as well, I just wanted to use a quote that um, comes to me as well. Um, and it's from a, a Christian brother called uh, Brother Pinto. And uh, we always share this because I'm a teacher. And on the first day, we always encourage kids to have a chat because uh, in his quote, it says, the difference between a stranger and a friend is a story. And so this is just my story. And I hope that while I go through these questions that Merv's asked me, um, I'd encourage you to actually reflect on what your answer would be. This is, this is me. But what would your answer be uh, to these questions if you were sitting here? Um, so I'll throw that back at you. That's what teachers do all the time. They make you do the work. <laughs> My history. So um, I was born in Victoria um, in a little place called Rainbow. We'll forgive, um, we'll forgive you for that. Sorry about that, Murph. Um, not far from the, another town called Japarat, Warwick Nabil, um, Yarpeet, and so some of those names you might be familiar with. It's right on the edge of the big desert. Um, and I was fortunate enough to um, be there until the age of 10. Um, and after um, I was born, my parents were, well, dad was Presbyterian, mum was uh, Catholic, but I was actually baptised Presbyterian. Um, at the age of 10, um, we actually moved to Adelaide, um, and uh, that was a, obviously a uh, God's will there. Dad was asked to come to Adelaide to drive buses um, with Anset Pioneer. Um, and of course, a lot of that early days we spent, I spent lots and lots of amazing time with grandparents. I was lucky enough to have three grandparents, um, Granny, um, Nan and Pop. And so I was, and they were just down the lane. I don't know whether you remember, you know, just lanes and things like that. You'd walk down the lane in a country town. Um, their focus, although they would say that they weren't religion, their focus was simply to open up their doors to anyone. And if anyone was in Rainbow, they'd always drop in to see Nan and Pop and Granny uh, because of the food they'd been making and what they'd want to share. So 
Um, although they would say that, no, we're not spiritual, we're not religious, they were actually sort of uh, showing that all the time. Fast forward, Adelaide, fast forward, end of year 12. Um, I was lucky enough to be invited to Wayne's 21st. I actually went to school with Wayne, Wayne Lauch. Um, Wayne will be here at the next service, I hope. Um, and during that, uh, that 21st um, evening, um, I had the opportunity to uh, prop up this young lady next to me by the name of Sherelle. Um, and obviously that's the woman that I eventually married. Um, and through Sherelle's connection with the Lutheran Church at that point, um, it began to in, it sort of instill in me some questions. And I started to go to church. I mean, I'd never been to church before in my life. I'm in my early 20s. And so I went to church with Sherelle's mum and dad, and one thing led to another, and really I started to ask some hard questions. Um, what was your question, Lou? I lost it. <laughs> you, faith, journey, and influence. But I think you're on to the second question, I'm on to the you? second question. Yeah. Am I? Sorry, mate. So in those early days, I spent a lot of time with a vicar called Pastor Michael Ubergang, um, and we did, like, I guess, Theology 101. So I'd ask him all these hard questions and have all these answers for me. Um, but I just appreciated the time that he really spent because I was a baby Christian then, I was just finding my way. Um, but Michael spent day after day, he used to come to university, um, and we used to go to the, not the bar, we used to go to the canteen and uh, have a chat about these questions that I'd keep on coming up with. Um, apart from that, other influences, well, I've got to say Noel. All of you will know Noel Kluge, I ride motorbikes with Noel. Um, and of course, Trouty, Stephen Troutwine were early influences here. Um, at Good Shepherd, and then Leon, Leon Weldhooder is now in Melbourne. So they were my three, three close friends initially. Over the last 10 years, um, Chris McAleer and Steve Pake, uh, hopefully Chris will be here for the next service, but also Pakey, I think, is still, is, is still up in, in Brisbane. So really close Christian mates, um, and they were pivotal in where I am probably today in terms of um, what I do and, and, and what I'm able to do. Um, I can't not mention my home worship group. Some of them are sitting out there and they know who they are. Um, and so we've been through a lot together um, and they've shared in that faith journey. And so that, I can't emphasise, is important. I mean, we've got a big congregation here, um, but if you want to really get to know people, small group is the way to do it. Um, and certainly it's been a, it's been a, um, a beautiful journey there. Apart from that, um, a whole lot of other people, but um, I'm also part of the CMA. I'll talk more about this slide in a minute. Um, Christian Motorcycle Association. So I hang around a whole lot of um, bikies, but Christian bikies. Um, and also another group that started by um, Chris McLear called the Pilgrims. So we actually ride motorbikes. That's our excuse for having a lot of fun um, as well. Um, there is a motorbike in the courtyard. You'll probably notice there could be a couple later on. Um, that, that's just to let you know what they do. Um, so, just before you get onto the motorbikes, you are a teacher? Yes. And where do you teach and what do you teach? Okay, so I teach over at St Paul's College, which is a Catholic school not far away. Um, I've been there for about 34 years or thereabouts. I'm just starting to get, get into the groove now. Um, uh, so I've been there for a long time, Merv, and... Um, that's one of the questions you're going to ask me later, though. You've changed the order. That's right. I, I do that. That's okay. Um, and one of, my, one of my privileges there, really, is I can work with young kids, but I teach a subject called religious education, or RE. Um, and so 
Kids are pretty good about working out if you're a fake in terms of a teacher. You can't really stand off in front of an RE class and start talking about spirituality and God and relationships. They work out pretty quickly um, that you're a bit of a fake. Um, but in terms of that, it's, a, it's one of those opportunities I have to, to change them. Some thinking of kids doesn't always work, but mustard seed is, is the objective yes. there. All right, well, we will, we'll go back now to, to what drew you to these ministries and um, why, and, and then how's that impacted? We'll do those two together. You just keep talking, you're doing really well. How's that impacted on you and changed people? So I know you've got a little slide presentation. You missed out a question. Of, did I? Didn't? Oh, well, well, we'll keep. Which question did I'm I I'm going to get number you two. You tell said. me. Because <laughs> Merv asked me, his second question was supposed to be, can you share some very significant events in your faith journey in scripture? I, I, missed, I did miss that, yes. Thanks, I'll, mate. I'll, I'll keep you on track. You right. keep me on track. Um, and so I didn't think much about it, um, to be honest. Um, I just said first things that come into my head. And there, there could be hundreds of things that I could actually share with you, but the three things stuck in my head just came up just like that. Um, the first thing was, I think, getting married to Sherelle. Um, that was pretty spiritual. I'd just gone into the church um, and was standing at the altar, cross, pastors here, and asking us all these um, heavy questions about what we're going to do for the rest of our life. And so... Um, that was always going to be an emotional period. Um, and you've all heard, obviously, 1 Corinthians 13. I'm not going to read the whole thing to you, but this is the scripture um, that was part of our marriage. The key point, I think, says this. If I have the gift of prophecy and I understand all of God's secret plans and possessed all knowledge, and if I had such faith that I could move mountains but didn't love others, I would be nothing. I think that's pretty clear. We're not talking about filet love. We're talking about agape love there. And so as much as I love Merv over there with his grey hair, um, I don't, not really physically attracted to Merv, but we can be <laughs> thank, good thank mates. You. <laughs> okay, so um, that's the sort of love that, that, you know, we are looking at in that instance. So it's not just love for my wife uh, and the kids, it's love for you guys as well. Anyone else that crosses my path, um, essentially, um, that I've had the opportunity to meet. Uh, the second big event, I think, that had a sort of a spiritual significance is the birth of our first boy, Reese. Um, and you think that you've, you know, you never had a first person in the world to see a kid be born. Um, but um, to be there at that time and to share that moment with Sherelle, um, and Reese was a, a breach birth. So um, there was a curtain here, Sherelle's head was here. I was encouraging her to do all the right things, which is what dad does, you know, during birth. And then next minute we get this beautiful little bundle handed over the screen to us um, and that's an emotional time I mean you know you, everyone's probably been there if you had that fortune that first one the first one is the special one and it just so happens that Reese's birthday is today oh, he turns 30 today yeah, um, let's see a bit of applause for that so that was also a spiritual moment the third one you probably wonder why is it spiritual because it's 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 quite it's quite sad the third one, and my home worship group will probably remember these days. Um, and so this was uh, a day that we had to uh, work through. Was We had our first miscarriage. Um, this is after number two. So we knew we'd actually miscarried. This was on the Friday. Um, and Cheryl had to go into hospital on the Saturday um, to, to theatre to do uh, whatever you've got to do for, for the miscarriage. Um, while she was actually in 
surgery, I got a phone call from mum uh, to say that my brother had committed suicide um, and was found that morning. So it was a double whammy. Like, it was hard enough to deal with the loss um, of that baby, but the second thing on top of it was just traumatic. So I was pretty angry. I was angry at God. Um, all sorts of things went through my head. Um, but the biggest, the biggest thing I think at that particular point that got Shrell and I through was just the strength in our faith. Um, and when I look back at that time now, um, I have that picture of uh, you know, Jesus walking on the sand. And there's only one set of footprints in the sand. And so I think I could imagine myself piggyback Shrell in the front my mum, who was really going through a hard time in one arm and probably dad in the other. Um, and so that's why I would use that as a journey of, of faith, because it was. It was very testing. The scripture, Merv was going to ask me, what scripture can I yes. talk about for that one? <laughs> that was the next question. He's doing really yeah, well, I'll isn't just, he? I'll just, let, let, yeah, just I said, going. be careful, yeah. I'm a teacher. Um, so First Peter, um, from, from uh, verses 3 to 7, I won't go through all of it. But it says, and through your faith, God is protecting you by his power until you receive this salvation, which is ready to be revealed on the last day for all to see. So be truly glad. This is wonderful. There is wonderful joy ahead, even though you must endure many trials for a little while. These trials will show that your faith is genuine. And you could all, I'm sure you could all sort of uh, recall some tragedies in your life but I don't know how we would have got through it um, unless we had that spiritual support and the support of our home worship group so that was a key key thing in in, in my spiritual growth now you're going to ask me now I can go through this so okay <laughs> so uh, he's keeping me in line yet but anybody who knows me knows I was never a good student so I'm probably still being not a good student um, what drew you to your ministries and why okay so um I'll just talk about uh, some of the slides. Oh, what am I doing? Yeah, it's back yeah, there, it's isn't it? Um, some of the slides behind me. So um, I don't know whether some of the boys out here would understand. You know, you go through that midlife crisis, um, still going through it. So um, I basically, um, at about the age, late 30s, early 40s, started riding motorbikes. And um, anyway, part of that was I met up with um, Leon here, um, and then he's invited me out for a few rides with the Christian Motorcycle Association, the CMA boys and girls. Um, and so now, um, basically, I ride with that group, um, and I'll talk about some of the things we do in a minute. And so we've got the CMA Pilgrims. Ulysses is another motorbike riding group that I've been with for over 50s, and MRA is the Motorcycle Riders Association of South Australia. I've got up in the top left-hand corner there, the 1% of the 99. Some of you might be aware that the 1%ers are the outlaw motorcycle gangs. I'd love to make that 100%, all right, um, because there's always that, the opportunity there to outreach for anyone. And the beauty of a motorbike is it's a talking point. Um, I can be stopping at a service station to fuel up, um, and there's always somebody willing to have a chat about the bike, and then that turns into another chat about maybe how they're going, their family, where they're heading, etc. So um, it's just, at the end of the day, it's just a tool. That's all it is. Um, a connection with anyone, um, and, and it just happens to be fun to, to have the opportunity to ride it as well. Next slide. Um, in terms of the stuff that we do, um, I'm privileged. These are all motorbike rallies. Um, 
We've actually taken out the sex, drugs, oh no, the rock and roll stays there still, um, but we're taking out some of those things now. But uh, So these are motorbike rallies um, with various locations around the country. Um, the one that is probably the most important is the one at Jaybuck, um, which is just about 10 kilometres north of Peak. Um, the CMA put that on. So all the members of the CMA, um, I get involved with it. Andreas is in a photo in a minute. He can talk to you about what we do. Um, but the opportunity there is, is fairly amazing because between 50 and 100 people will rock up um, on motorbikes. Some you know, some you don't know. And there's opportunity there to talk and you walk around, it's always about the motorbike first, but then it gets about how's the family, what you've been doing the last few years, where you've been, and then quite often the conversation will change. Something to do with some trauma in their life. And that's basically all you have to do is listen. I don't do a lot of evangelising. Most of the time I just talk. Well, I don't talk. I just listen. Two ears. That's it. And I think they appreciate the fact that somebody is willing to listen. And there's no, there's no barriers. They don't know who I am. They don't know what I do. Um, it's a safe environment. Next slide. These are some of the guys that I ride with. Um, uh, lefty, he lost, his, he lost his left leg in a motorbike accident. Um, Digger Blue, that's Chris Turbo. Um, bush Creature, Bush P, you can understand they probably like their environment. Wayno, Glenn, and then of course there's a whole lot of other people there. Um, some names of which you are familiar okay, up there as well. So they're just part of the CMA and Pilgrim's group um, as well. So certainly I've found the trick is to surround yourself with people um, that are quite unique and, and, and spiritual and at some point you hope that that rubs off for you. That's why I'm here. See all this, it's all rubbing off for me. Um, and so that's the people that I hang out with. Next slide, Marilyn. Uh, this is from the Pilgrims, and uh, I'm not going to do death by PowerPoint. Um, but if you can read that one up there, if God knows, knows your faults and still wants a relationship with you, wouldn't you be interested? Check Jesus out before you check out. Chris wrote that. Um, and so that's one of the focus things for the Pilgrims um, that Chris has actually produced. That's on the Pilgrim website. The next one, Marilyn. Um, the focus of the CMA, and I've got the shirt on, um, is two things. It's riding with purpose and unity in diversity. So um, as um, somebody said already, um, there's not one denomination. We're from all different churches. Um, but when we get together, we're one body. Um, and so we actually really outreach to several people, many people. So hence unity in diversity. Next slide, Meryl. Um, now, to get into these um, motorbike um, groups, it's not just, oh, you come up and you rock up and you're in. Um, I have to get to know somebody, um, and then they ask you these questions. And you can all read those questions. And so it's not just a come and join us for the heck of it, because um, you might have a nice motorbike or whatever. Um, so we need people that are committed, okay, and have got a strong Christian background. And so that's one of the statements, well, that is the statement of belief from 1993. Next one. Okay, now I can uh, show you some funny slides. So that's not my motorbike, that's Chris's motorbike. I was just making sure it fitted that sort of stuff uh, for future. 
Uh, top left, obviously Andreas is standing there. Oh, keep that slide, Marilyn. Um, Rod, I'll talk about Rod in a minute. Um, obviously it's Paikey. Um, Wayne, now Wayne Shepherd um, used to be the past president of the CMA. Two weeks ago, Wayne was rushed to hospital with a brain aneurysm, so your prayers for Wayne would be much appreciated. Uh, Wayne is a pastor at the um, Church of Christ at Hampstead Gardens. Absolute um, top bloke, and he's a minister there. So if anything, today, your prayers for Wayne would be appreciated. And Don Manser is a little bloke on the end. He's the current president of the CMA. The tragedy of that photo is it's the last time I saw Rod. Um, Rod's a beautiful, beautiful soul, good friend, friend of Chris from Melbourne. And not long after that photo, he was, he was killed in a motorbike accident, um, run over by a drunk driver. Um, so although you know, we ride and there's an element of risk, um, I think we all know that, um, but it's certainly what we get out of it um, is, is, is really important. So Rod, top mate, and I love him to bits. Next one. Well, that's a, that's a poser photo. Um, that's not far down from Mount Hotham. Um, and so this was in 2019 when Steve and I did the, um, the MotoGP. And so when you ride around the country, this is in the high country, um, of Victoria, you get to do fun things, and this is just one of the fun things we were doing. And the people in that van behind us certainly got to know them really well because they come over and started talking about motorbikes um, as well. So just some other photos. Keep going, Marilyn. Um, the CMA is a, it's a national organisation, um, and we get together. This is Piss, uh, Chris Pilgrim. He's the president of the CMA of Australia, and in 2019 we met down at Victor, all CMA members from over the country came and we basically worked out where our direction was and what our focus is going to be for the next X years. And so Chris was blessed um, and you can see that um, we were praying over Chris um, at that particular presentation. Next one, Marilyn. That's what it looks like when all of us get together. That's the national run. Um, that was back in 2019. The only, that happened again last year um, and last year was the first one for a couple of years because COVID obviously killed it for a while. So I'll get an opportunity to ride with all those. This is where the readings from this morning, thanks Jeff for, for your um, emphasis on those. So um, Mark's Gospel and the parable of the mustard seed. I think that's what I take on board. Um, who are my brothers and sisters? Anyone I meet at the end of the day. And the next one. See my Spear Creek. Um, so we have an AGM every year. Um, you'll see a bull guy at the front. Um, that's me. Um, and part of that also is we're actually in worship here as well. So um, a whole lot of guys and gals um, just getting together as a group to work out what our focus is going to be for the South Australian um, chapter of that. Um, this is just some more photos. Uh, that's Norm. Um, Norm is the one on the left. Norm's in his mid-70s, lost his wife to cancer. These are the things that you talk about around a campfire. Um, and... Norm is a lovely bloke. Um, he rides a motorbike that's about 40 years old and he always gets the oldest combined rider and bike um, for obvious reasons. So some beautiful times uh, had with Norm there as well. Um, you might know that guy there, um, Jason. So at these rallies, uh, we get an opportunity um, just to have some fun. Um, this is a, like a Gymkhana event and you've got to throw a balloon over that string and try and catch it on the other side. So it was quite safe. 
um, as you can see, no helmets, anything like that. Um, but we were going, it's only slow, all right? So um, that's one of the little things that we do. Um, unfortunately, we should do some other things, but um, insurance has forbidden that. Next one, Melon. Uh, this is Jerry, Perry, and Terry. Um, this is, uh, again, at one of the, the JBAT rally. Uh, you can't see it, but I'm actually about two feet in the air because uh, they're six foot tall. Um, Jerry is um, from America, um, married a, a lovely woman um, from Australia, and he lives in Mount Gambia. Um, so, top bloke, and Terry's a farmer on the west coast at Tumby Bay. And again, Terry is in the CMA, Jerry is not, um, but he's not far off getting an invite. Next one. Uh, and this is what we do. We sort of basically sit around, eat and, uh, and talk um, at the motorbike rally. Um, but you'll notice that Chris is there, Rod's in that photo as well, and a few other members of the CMA. Thanks, Marilyn. Typically, at the end of a rally, um, what we do is we, we do a service. Um, and so, as you can see, we're all gathered there. Probably can't make out Chris in the background, but Chris is leading the service. And really, it's just a, a reflection and a prayer. It's pretty low-key. Um, but you'll see that everyone will come around at the end and because it's a rally organised by us, it's our opportunity to, to witness and, and share in terms of what's happening. Next one. Merv, last question. <laughs> right. <laughs> um, I was just, it, just, it just struck me that what we're seeing here is church, alive and well, isn't it? It's not in a building like this. It's not formal like this. This is church where the gospel is being lived out and shared and, and it's, it's a pretty powerful message. Okay, how can we take part in these ministries? Because I'm too old to get a licence. They, they won't let me have one now. I used to have... Well, no, I never had one. Yeah. I rode motorbikes, but... <clears throat> like I said, Murph, um, before, I mean, it's not, about, um, it's not about money or, you know, throwing money into a thing, but if you want to, throw it at me, that's fine. <laughs> um, but the, the fo and each, each, uh, each of the chapters, each, each state has got a focus. Our focus in South Australia is this... Um, it's a Bible that's produced. First run was done. We did 5,000 of these uh, about 10 years ago. We were about to do a second run. 30,000. They cost about $2 each. Um, I carry them with me in a waterproof bag for obvious reasons. Um, and so when I walk around, it doesn't always happen, but we might start chatting about something and I'll say, hey, mate, do you want a Bible? Um, and I, I give them this, okay? And at the beginning of this Bible, um, there are stories about people that have actually discovered Christ and their journey. Um, a lot more uglier than mine, though, in terms of what they've been through. Um, and so they just share how they came, basically, to be at, you know, where they are at the moment and, so, and what turned them around their lives. And for all of them, it was something significant. It was somebody that listened. It was somebody that took the time to be with them and actually know them as an individual. That was the key in, in most people's reflection. It wasn't some... It all, just, all of a sudden, you know, bolt from heaven. It was started with somebody that was basically really working or using God to work with them, okay, planting the seed. So happy to look at those any time as well. That was the, that's our focus there, Move as well. I think there's a challenge for all of us here from Perry today, and that is to use whatever your um, gifting, whatever your talent, whatever your hobby is, to spread the word of Jesus. So we thank you for that. Would you give Perry a round of applause for that? And can we pray for him?
before we move on to, I think, our next song straight after this. So let's pray. So, Father God, we thank you for Perry. We thank you for his um, willingness to share his faith through um, what is a very enjoyable hobby for him. But, Lord, this is, this is something you give us sometimes strange directions in which to do things. And we thank you that he has just followed your will. He's followed your leading and he's used the gifting that you've given him to spread your love and your gospel to, to everybody that he meets up with. We ask that you bless him. We ask that your, his motorbike would continue to be a talking point, a point of connection. And we ask that as he and the rest of the CMA pilgrims, and I can't remember the name of all the others, Lord, you know them as well as we do, that you would bless these people um, as they go around our country spreading the good news of Jesus. Thank you in Jesus' name. Amen.